It's time for the Workforce Show, where you will learn the latest news about employment trends, current opportunities, and innovative strategies for managing a career on WERA 96.7 FM. Everybody, uh, uh, this is Cindy Gern, uh, the producer of the Workforce Show, and I have a special guest today, Terry Cower. He is an economist, and we think it's very important that we talk to an economist to find out what is happening in our economy. Uh, he is also the Northern Virginia Chair of the uh, uh, Public Policy Institute. Is that? I am the Northern Virginia Chair and Professor of Public Policy at George Mason University's Shar School of Policy and Government. And that's a mouthful. Could yes, you repeat that again? Sure. <laughs> I am Northern Virginia Chair, Professor of Public Policy at George Mason's University's Shar School of Policy and Government, and I'm also the Director of the Center for Regional Analysis. Did you get that, folks? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he is here because... He, of all people, uh, knows what's happening in the economy. And by the economy, for the purposes of our conversation, uh, we're talking about Delaware, uh, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Uh, and uh, in an economy, we don't have to, to say, uh, is going up and down right now. And he's going to talk about that. It's, someday you're very poor and you feel like uh, jumping off the bridge and the other day you're very rich. So who knows? And someday you're just the same. Uh, and But before he, we ask him some hard questions like what's happening <laughs> in our economy, uh, Terry came to us via Texas. Yes, ma'am. You're a Texas boy, mm-hmm. are you? Yes, I am. You were born and raised in Texas? Yes, ma'am. Where? What part? In the Dallas area. Dallas. So... I know today doesn't seem like Texas, though. Everybody lives in Dallas. But uh, what is the difference between living in Texas and especially Dallas than living in Fairfax County? Well, I've told many folks since we moved up here that my wife and I moved from Texas to to come up here where the weather was calm and and pleasant and the traffic was easy and and the lifestyle was very laid back. So, you know, we told you that. Somebody yes. told you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it it's Dallas is a uh, is a very fast growing community. It's a it's a big huge it's larger than the DC area in terms of population and also geography. Uh, but it's a it's a big metropolitan area that has seen tremendous growth over a lot of years and some of that has to do with perceptions of, you know, business friendly regulations and certainly been beneficiaries of of companies that have been leaving high cost places like California and and yeah. going there and then and but it's it's a very um, dynamic community and of course you know very interesting in being very broad based the DC area of course is you know very very interesting in its own right different structure of the economy not the least of which of course is the federal government and one of the things that when I came here I found to be really interesting is this challenge of how do you how do you keep leveraging this tremendous asset that is 
federal spending, federal employment in this region, while also trying to be something different, be less dependent on that. And so how do you restructure your economy? And that's, a, that's an interesting challenge, and we're making some headway on that, but there's always you know, more that can be done. Well, when I came to Washington 40 years ago, uh, the government was the industry, and it was a, a long struggle to say that you weren't in government, that you were in technology or some other industry. And uh, I'm pleased to say that we have arrived. We are now technology. We have a huge technology base. What do you see happening with technology in, in, in your plan and your working to get a diverse economy going? Well, the technologies have been changing. D.C. has been a technology-centered area. I remember many years ago, you thought about, you know, before the tech wreck of 2001, this was an area very much known, you know, as the home of AOL and where much of the Internet, uh, you know, services began. And then, of course, we're still and very telecom too. In, in telecom. And so we're still very, you know, we still have this huge presence of of the uh, server farms that are out, you know, in the in the that are out in Loudoun County data centers, we call them now. Seventy uh, percent or so of the nation's internet traffic, I believe, passes through Loudoun County. So you know, it's it's a you know, we are this conduit, and and there's a lot of spillover that happens. To that the other is that what many people don't realize is that this region is also much more entrepreneurial than we usually get credit for. We're seen as being right, the right. thing that's hear so... Right, right. Hear that, folks? Hear that? It, okay. it, we're, we're so much, you know, the the driven by government contracting, mm-hmm. and certainly some of it is that, and, mm-hmm. and even government contracting can create opportunities for entrepreneurs who are starting a new business. Maybe they leave a large contractor and form their own business, but there is also a spinoff of, around a lot of, of other sectors. Having said that, one of our key challenges has been pointed out by my good friend and colleague, Jonathan Aberman, who has did some research a couple of three years ago that was observed that while we've been very successful at creating firms that eventually, you know, technology firms and others that eventually became worth more than a billion dollars, what we're not real good at is keeping those firms once they become the big firms. They get bought up, relocated, and maybe it's New York, Boston, Obviously, Silicon I didn't Valley. I realize that. Like, Microtech, is, isn't that a farm? Microtech? Uh, you don't, yes. Is that a company here? I think that's Microtech. But I mean, I, I thought that a lot of the farms were still in Virginia. A lot of, the, a lot of our growth firms that started in this region have moved out. In fact, oh, really? out, of, uh, out of something over 100 of those firms, I think, uh, in the last 20 years, that have eventually become worth a billion dollars or more, there's only about 17 of them left here. You know, so so it's you know we've we've got a ways to go, and that has to, something to do with some of our funding structures. It has to do with the venture capital uh, part of the markets that that of course affect where technology seems to happen and grow. So there are some structural things that we need to be working on, and we're we've made some progress in some of those areas, but we have a ways to go to be competitive in certain of those market segments. Do you first of all do you uh, do you ever collaborate with other ca- uh, regions? I mean Maryland and D.C. in economic development and economic research. Oh, certainly, and we've been uh, at my center. We've been a, a huge proponent of this uh, for a long time. It is one of the things that. Uh, that I find still a little surprising. I very much am recognizing it, but the Potomac Ocean is deep and wide, 
and it and it's one that of course you get a certain number of miles away from here and businesses folks in general don't see the distinctions that we in this region who live here seem to so sharply focus between the difference of northern virginia versus the southern maryland suburbs or versus the district of columbia so you know that's that's one that i have found so surprising that there is this level of inter or intra-regional competition Competition. that you know and and where you always have competition in economic development but what you want it to evolve into is what a horrible word by the way coopetition you know to where you know there is an angle where because understand if you're competing against atlanta if you're competing against charlotte dallas fort worth some of these other markets you are competing against regional bodies that that represent the whole region and it's not that the individual cities don't kind of compete for economic mm-hmm. development but we don't have that functions here and we're just now starting to see it which is a, which has been one of the in the last several months we have seen at least in the northern virginia side of our uh, region the emergence of a northern virginia economic development alliance that brings together the economic development practitioners from around the region to look on ways that they can collaborate. Who's in that, uh, who's in that region? I mean, who, who do you count as that? You know, well, this, yeah, this includes, uh, you know, it's, it's our entering, so, you know, it's, it's Arlington, it's Alexandria, it's Loudoun, it's Pr- Fairfax, yeah, Prince, William, Prince William County, Fair, mm-hmm. uh, Fauquier is involved. So, you know, it's a, it's a yeah. pretty broad what about coalition. about D.C. and Maryland? I mean, now that Kenner has gone, I mean, I don't know who's there is to replace him, but. Well, so keep in mind that what I said is the, the title of that, it's the Northern Virginia Economic yeah. Development Alliance. But they very much, remembering that one of our key economic development players uh, is uh, Victor Hoskins, who was he recently at Arlington, Arlington. And, and, you know, and, and before he was at, and of course now at, at Fairfax, but he was in, in he was DC. he was in Maryland at one point, but he's he was, when I first became aware of him when I got here he was with the with DC so you know we have folks that very much are aware of these connections and we're moving toward that but these are things that you know this is these the sense of stand off and be competitive with each other didn't emerge overnight and it's not going to go away overnight but we look for ways uh, to collaborate and technology industries actually offers a spectacular opportunity for us to do that because all of us are in our industries have one key challenge and that is attracting and retaining talent and so talent is one of those things that if we can work together to get people of skills particularly young people to come here that is something that we can work on without worrying about exactly who gets the tax base, you know, from, you know, from business, personal mm-hmm. property or occupies which building. We're trying to attract people to this labor shed. And the labor shed being this region, this uh, not not just Virginia, but the, the whole region. I mean, and remember, our metropolitan area from a labor shed definition, you know, includes obviously several of the Maryland counties. It goes all the way out and includes areas around like uh, Shepherdstown, West Virginia. And then, of course, keeps going further and further south. Sooner yeah. or later, it's going to coincide with you know, Richmond. Our, our program uh, is oriented, is, is broadcast mostly to the people in the DMV. And uh, and not so much in Maryland because there's, there's some... Some uh, some obstacles to getting to Maryland, but I have attended the Maryland Economic Development meetings, 
And uh, I, I see what you're saying because they, they're very concerned about the, how they can get people in their state to, and especially to stay in their state. They get livid when, when Virginia recruits from Maryland, but they're very much con, concerned about developing a uh, place where people want to work in Maryland, but they, uh, but they have, but they've become to realize that their cyber is in, is, is crosses the water, it crosses the boundaries, and anybody who has cyber is fair game, right? Certainly, uh, like, but but again, we still need. I mean, one of the the our great opportunity here that comes out of the Amazon location is this has firmly helped us identify as a highly competitive region for non-governmental technology activities yeah. and, and, and doing so. And so there's going to be tremendous opportunities that come out from either Amazon being vendors and all that, but we also know that Amazon is going to be absorbing a lot of our regional labor force, and so we need to continue to do what we're calling yeah, the Tech Talent Pipeline. facilities in Maryland, too. So they're, they're, they're opening warehouses in Maryland, are they not? Sure. Yeah, but but the point but the point that I am making here is that what we are needing to do is to is to have increased labor availability, particularly in skilled technologies, mm-hmm. and that that's going to be two things. One is developing our talent pipeline here locally, which can be all the way of talking about K through twelve education through community college systems through higher education, as well as though attracting f- people who are from New other people. parts of the country yeah. to come to the area. About, about this, the talent mapping or talent mapping from K through 12 and then above, where do you see the, uh, before, before I talk about the younger people and, and entering the market, where do you see the upskilling, uh, upskilling of people who are in the market now? Getting the skills necessary to be competitive and to stay in the market. What's what's driving that, and where can they go to get this information? So the there are many avenues that are available, both in terms of workforce development activities, but also the community colleges and high and higher education overall is available. Our systems now are more geared to, you know, the new talent that's coming mm-hmm. in, with the exception of our many different programs that we're doing about separating military members. We mm-hmm. certainly have several programs, and we continue to see expansion in that realm of getting folks that have been, you know, coming out of the military who want to work, particularly in cybersecurity, because mm-hmm. they already are very much used to yeah. the, the emotional side, if you will, the aptitude side of, of security. But I also think that we should not forget that folks need to start thinking about what they need to do for themselves because we have another wave of technology coming you know the artificial intelligence is coming to us we're going to have this to where if your job you know my rough prediction is if you if your job is moving paper from one side of your desk to the other side of the desk and doing some kind of processing to it in between there's going to be a computer program that's going to be able to displace you in the next five to ten years. And that's where they can upskill. And so what you want those folks to do is is to upskill. But that requ- but that requires, you know, looking for multimodal channels of delivering the training and education to get those folks reskilled. And that can be through workforce agencies. It can be through the community college system. It can be through private 
training at you know services uh, but either case it needs to be one where people have in some respects take it upon themselves to go out and find that and figure out what they may be interested in and learn these these new skills at the same time from a policy perspective we want to see how we can do a better job of helping to push that and to work with our businesses to to be able to do that upskilling of their existing workforce in a public-private kind of, of fashion. It's not fully government's responsibility to do that, uh, to provide trained workers for, for businesses, but it is part of the responsibility, but it's also incumbent upon employers to be looking for ways. Yes, definitely employers. You know, uh, I don't know how many years ago it was, 20 years ago, uh, I was with Fairfax Chambers uh, 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 doing a study of, of talent, and we, we surveyed a lot of uh, people who are engineers in, in, in their jobs, how many of them would go to school in the evenings or get upskilled? None of them went, wanted to spend any extra time getting skills for a new career or upskilling. I think the world is changing, um, and that's going to be increasingly a requirement, and I think it's just a matter of us being sure that we can have accessible, affordable options for folks to pursue these new avenues of skilling because what's happening is we're entering very much, we're into the fourth industrial age. We hardly got finished with the third industrial yeah. age, right? And the then the pace of technology changed. What is this, what is this called? Do you know? Uh, I guess you know. I guess we're beyond the information age. I guess we're in more the the broader digital age. I'm not <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just the fourth age. one. You know, know, but but think of the characteristics and the technologies that we have come. Our, our next big game chamber changer with all of this is, of course, going to be the deployment of five G technologies. We don't even know yet all the things that we're going to be able to do when we have wireless connectivity that is going to be so much faster than anything that we have had before. It's just like if you'd have thought about it, if I'd have told you 30 years ago that you were going to be able to take a picture with your, your phone and send it to somebody immediately, you would think I was, you know, I'd grown a third head or something or another, right? It was just, you know, it, it was just going to be, you know, yeah, it just, you know, and so you think about it. We don't even know the technologies that are going to emerge out of this. And so it's one that we, we have to be prepared as a society to be able to adapt and to uh, and to basically know that we need to adapt as people too, not just in what technology yeah. we use to send out a social media message. Yeah, that's especially true. And I was thinking that uh, that the the older person that what is the older person? What is it when you talk about the older person? Not not for the virus, not old old, but what is the age where people start to worry about their jobs and getting getting another job if they lose job in their 50s, right? Oh, I would argue that it might even be younger than that. I would tell you that that age is older is always just about five years older than I am. Yeah, right. It's a it's a rolling <laughs> thing, right? Ten years older than I am. <laughs> yeah, so, so I started off as the second oldest, now I'm the youngest in our family. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing is, is that, no, it's certainly, you do have, you know, right now we don't have this because we are, by most any statistical measure at full employment, you know, unemployment rate is mm -hmm. just so low across the nation. And so, you know, it's it, now that does not mean that we don't still have people who are underemployed and folks that have trouble finding jobs because they haven't been they haven't reskilled. 
in the right areas. Is that the reason, or is it because there's a bias against older people or people who have older skills? I think that there is less of that bias than there used to be, not least of which, of course, we have some pretty you know, well-laid-out federal rules about, about the intentional bias. Okay. Now, having said that, I'm sure there is, there is still some, but there's a, there is a balance here because you know, it's the roles that we take on. If I am in my 50s and I am offering the exact same skill set as somebody in their 30s, then, you know, I have to acknowledge that I may not be as competitive. But what I probably have are some life experiences and some abilities that probably are, are more finely developed about how you synthesize the sum of all of your experiences and, to, you know, and putting that into your work and products. It's also, before we talk about younger people, I think it also is like like we, we heard uh, Paul Simers of you know, this vast uh, technology background say that what we think is what it is. And if you think, well, also what you said, and if you say the economy is failing, it fails. <laughs> but we have to, and the same with people. If they don't feel they're employable because they don't have the right skills, and they are employable. Is, is that it? I mean, that's some of it. But what we have now, increasingly though, in this country, is a system where, because of urbanization and the continual migration into our largest urban mm-hmm. areas, we are seeing to where there is a dearth of opportunities for people in many of our more rural communities or, you know, and some of those, you know, you think about it's not exactly the same phenomenon that we saw in the old Rust Belt, Mm -hmm. you know, phenomenon of the 1970s, but it is along some of those same lines. And so what we have is situation of two, two things. Are you in the right skill sets? And are you located in a place where those skill sets are, you know, being demanded? Well, that will be a topic for another person, unless you want to talk about it then. But I, I really want to, before our show ends, for you to, to delve into what you know best, economic development mm-hmm. and, and regional analysis. So in that context, what would you tell, tell us about the next four years or five years? What can we expect and, and where should younger people look for jobs and get jobs and so What's what's what does it look like for the younger person? So there is such a wide range of opportunities that are out there, but what I encourage any young person now to do is develop your skill sets, have those skill sets be in not only technology, but trades are going to be, you know, we, we still haven't figured out a way to have uh, plumbing and electrical done by robots. So, right. so you know, there's, there's opportunities for that and business development opportunities. But it's also to, to continue not to just get certified in one thing and be very good at just that one thing, but also to understand broader implications, to cross-train into other areas to create flexibility. One of our key things that I think that we have to think about in this region is also a certain shift in what we do very well in terms of technology. So we're very good at cyber, for example, but that's very much focused on cyber services. Indeed, what we don't do as well in this region is focus on cyber products. And those cyber products actually attract more venture capital. 
They also typically can pay a little bit more. And it's we've actually seen to where young people would prefer to work at a company who develops products as opposed to a company that is providing Give me an services. Example. What kind of products are you talking well, about? Well, these would be some of the technology stuff. So maybe it's the software itself and may and, and it's the you know, and maybe it is some of the the hardwired functions parts of cybersecurity as opposed to just saying that we're gonna tell you how to better manage your system. Uh-huh. You know, kind of so those are those are a couple of little okay. examples, but what we're seeing is a clear distinction in that submarket and one that would grant us would if we get better at that if we do a better job of development that sector we will be more competitive with some of our largest competitors like new york boston silicon valley and that is around cyber and around products and around rather than processes we are developing hardwire products well whether it's hardwire or software products but it, yeah it's it's very it's very much you know that thing and and that again is a little bit of a movement because one of the reasons i would tell you that we're that I we are so much <laughs> and we know we're coming to an end uh but we know very much that the services we kind of tend to that way because of government contracting. Mm-hmm. You know, the government's been outsourcing a lot of services over the last mm-hmm. 25, 30 years. So, you know, th- there's been a little bit of us taking advantage of that, but it's time for us to, ver- to diversify away from just mm-hmm. that. That's interesting to know. So people, if you have a child and he's going to worry about getting a job, cyber and products is the number one. It's one of the ones. It's going to be so much. It's mobile technologies. It's all over the place. But I tell you, if you have a child who likes working with their hands, I mean, the building trades and construct, you know, construction, uh, anything related to that are going to be skill sets that are going to be in demand for a long, long time. Really. Um, so I, I really thank you for all this advice because I think that a lot of young people just feel very frustrated, but aren't there jobs that relate to, like if you have a cyber product company, you have people who, who are in, in la- induced labor around it. They, are, they can be part of the product development, but they don't have to have a strong technical background. Do you agree? Do you think most people have to have a strong technical background? I think they have to have some base skill sets. And now to what those, you know, the specificity of that is, it depends on the individual company and the products and and all that. But I do think that what we're going to see, and we are seeing this in our local school systems, are doing an incredible job of starting to adapt their curriculums to start making sure that whether you're going to be, you know, wind up as an English major or whether you're going to wind up being a computer science major or whether you're going to not even go to college but you're going to go directly and be a specialist in in one of these technologies that they are offering that kind of training because the way our use of digital information is only going to increase. Okay I'm getting the sign from our audio engineer that we are out of time uh, and I want to thank you Terry for coming and, and being our guest today. Uh, Terry Glauer who is the, uh, I can read his whole title but I won't, uh, he is a regional uh, economic development research person and who has an enormous insight into what's happening in the Virginia uh, and and regional area, D.C. and and Maryland as as well. And I thank you for sharing with us what you see is happening in our, our region. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in to The Workforce Show. This interview and others can be found at WERA.FM or at CareerCentralOnline.com. Thank you for listening. Until the next time.